What's going on, NCDC fans? The National Collegiate Development Conference season is underway in 2023-2024, and NCDC this week is your one-stop shop for all things NCDC hockey. And the man who knows all things NCDC hockey, the man who, you know, he teaches me a little something about life each and every day as he works so hard traversing this great country and world to get pasta and, you know, pizza and all the things that you can get on a trip to Italy. He's my right-hand man. He's my consigliere. He's Maude Frere from Another Mayor, and he is here to recap this past weekend worth of games, to look forward at next week's action, and to unveil the Dan K. Show NCDC Ultimate Team cards from week one of the NCDC season. Lucas Jones, welcome in. NCDC this week is underway. We are underway. First weekend of regular season games in the books. There were some fun ones out there. You and I kind of dove through that schedule on the on the second episode of NCDC this week, and we picked some games that we thought were going to be fun to watch. We picked some games that we thought we were going to get the outcome of. We both did a pretty good job on our opening week picks, and not only I think did was it entertaining in that sense, Dan, but there was some great hockey really all around the country. Just a lot of fun hockey to watch, up tempo, lots of scoring, some big physicality. It was a good weekend for the NCDC. Yeah, and it was a good weekend to watch hockey you get on flow hockey if you've not signed up you got to go subscribe right now but 16 of the 18 teams are in action the only two abstaining from week one they'll kick off at the boston junior Bruins shootout this weekend which we will be attending will be the twin city thunder and the utica junior comets lucas do you think there's an advantage to getting that extra week in preparation for these two sides who will play one another coming up here at a couple showcases I don't necessarily think so. You know, I think a, a lot of the sentiment around the league has been, oh, gosh, we can finally play hockey again. People have been just itching to drop puck. And and I feel like in some situations, they, they just want to get out there and hit somebody, especially those two teams. So I think you might see them kind of coming out of the gates a little fast, a little physical. But I, I don't think, especially with the longer NCDC season this year, I, I don't necessarily think that's going to give them an, an outward advantage. Now we look at this past weekend. Let's dig through the very first game of the year, Lucas. You get the South Shore Kings, a team that was just one victory away from lifting the Deneen Cup last season, taking on what is always a difficult to deal with Northern Cyclone squad in Hudson at Cyclones Arena. Dave Godna was on the call. I love the accent on Dave Godna when he's calling the hockey games. What a great interview post game with Coach Flanagan. You love that coach gives the interview. After a tough loss there, 5-1, South Shore gets the win in both games of this series. I talked about the South Shore Kings, Lucas. I said that they're my favorite to win the North Division. I would have, have them as an odds-on top three favorite to win the title at the end of the season. How much did South Shore impress you in that two-game sweep over Northern? I, I think I think incredibly so. They looked they looked very very crisp and and even in game two, you know, you you saw some of the commentary from from Jefferson Mills. He was on the call in game two with the the home and home this weekend, and he was posting about it from his personal page. A couple of highlights, really really showing what South Shore is able to do. I think this first weekend it both shows you something and it doesn't. Right, it's week one. It shows you kind of the raw pieces, right? You'll be able to see the standout players and kind of go to work and, and show them what they can do. But I don't think it tells the whole story of a team. Northern every single year is, is an incredibly good team. 
they put the screws to teams. They they are successful. They are tough. They're physical. They're talented. But maybe that shows just how good South Shore is. Maybe it shows just how much they want to come back. Because not only were they one game away from winning, Dan, it felt like they were a couple of minutes away from taking home that Deneen Cup, which is a, a familiar story in the Deneen Cup championship. So maybe this is their revenge tour. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest additions I saw from this squad is netminder Ryan Keyes, who with Mercer was the keys to a playoff run last season. And he was the man who sealed the deal in the final game of the season, getting Connecticut to overtime to clinch that fourth and final spot in the South Division last year, now the Atlantic Division. You look at Salvatore Serrato. We'll talk about him a bit later in the show, but this defenseman with the five apple seeds this past weekend, five assists in that series, a strong start for him. I want to head west, though, and you talk about five goals. How about five goals in game one, a 5-2 victory, followed by 7-3, a sweep of the Utah Outliers at home for the Pueblo Bulls, Lucas, we had Utah as the odds-on favorites coming out of the gates here out in the Mountain Division just because of how they've been in past years. But this Pueblo team, this Pueblo crowd, this Pueblo community got behind bad bulls as they go 2-0. This is unofficial right now. I'd have to ask for the actual stat. It was, they were about, I think, 40 of the last 43 games in Pueblo, Utah's won. And Pueblo takes care of business, 12 goals for in their first two games. This is a fun team to watch right now, Lucas. It really is. And, you know, their their slogan is run with the Bulls right now. Every team out in the mountain is, is running from the Bulls. I think after that opening week performance, they want nothing to do. But this Pueblo team that brings back the hallmarks of what they did last year, good systems play, yeah, high level of physicality, a lot of energy in the neutral zone. And now you, you add the ability to score seven. You had the ability to score five to put up multiples. A couple of great breakaway goals and goal calls coming out of that Pueblo series this weekend as well. You look at a performance like that, and again, we don't want to get too too hyped up on week one, but you also don't want to ignore it. It was impressive out of Pueblo. Yeah, and you go to this Pueblo roster and you look at the top point getters from the weekend, Jack Hansen and Nate Hinsey, the two forwards with four points, one goal for each of them, and then Heisel. With two goals, a three-point weekend. You got Bondreev with three-point weekend. You got Jimmy Zeisel. Like, this is a team right now who's getting points from everywhere in the opening weekend of this of this season. Oh, man, Lucas, I just I made the cardinal sin here. I hit the wrong button, and I jumped off of stats. Folks, this is why we do this thing fake live. You know, it's, it's live to tape, as we call it in the business. And I'm just kind of I'm firing back through. Hold on. We well, got I can, I can I can cover you. Oh, I did it. it. You did I it. Did it. Don't, even, don't even try to fill 14 different players. That's what I was looking for. 14 different players registered at least a point in the first two games of the season. That is depth in scoring, and that is how you win at the Tier 2 tuition-free level of NCDC hockey. This Pueblo team, a team to watch out for, a series that was one to watch for sure. Our game of the week was the banner-dropping ceremony, the ring ceremony, the PAL Junior Islanders hosted Wilkes-Barre, the Wilkes Wagon, this weekend. They had a split. They got three points out of it in PAL land, a win and a shootout loss. A win, a shootout win, and a regulation loss gives Wilkes-Barre two points. What a series this was. Let's start with PAL. Those returning skaters, Lucas, all over the top of the leaderboard in points. Ty Broad, Carter Hanrahan, Heike Vertanen, five points for, for Vertanen, six for Hanrahan and Broad, three familiar faces, 
three familiar great outputs and great performances. You love to see that, right? And and there's there was so much talk this year about, you know, the kind of the restructuring of the NCDC in terms of some of the players. But, you know, you're not surprised here that PAL were bringing some players back from their, you know, championship winning roster. These guys are leaders. They're not just skilled on the ice. They're a locker room presence, right? They they help get the guys motivated. And I think that series, we basically saw what you and I talked about, Dan, a lot of adrenaline around that banner dropping ceremony. And then game two, watch out because you're kind of back to not reality, but now you're just playing hockey. And and as good as that PAL team was, as you just pointed out, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Knights putting in the work this offseason, putting together a very good squad of their own. Yeah, and, and you look at this series, I think it, it tells you just how, how good PAL is going to be again, but it's a little bit of a warning sign here to teams in that Atlantic division Wilkes-Bear struggled out of the gates early on last year and started to get their footing as the season trolled along. They're coming out of the gates pretty fast here. I mean, seven goals for this weekend. The defense wasn't where they wanted to be, allowing 13. But you talk about a team that when they're rolling, they're going to be tough to deal with. That is that Wilkes-Bear squad. The biggest story in PAL land to me is Nicholas Bevilacqua signing up with PAL in net. This goaltender is a difference maker. You lose one great goaltender in Graham, he moves on, and you replace him with Nick Bevilacqua. I don't think you're going to see much fall off there in net for PAL. Watch out. They're my favorites in the Atlantic division right now because of our next storyline. I think I think you've got three clear-cut favorites coming out of this opening weekend in the Atlantic. I think the Atlantic might be the toughest division down the stretch to figure out. Connecticut 2-0, Rockets Hockey Club 2-0, the PAL team that won it last year we already know about, but Connecticut and the Rockets Hockey Club dominating performances for both of them. The Rockets over the Hitmen, Connecticut with a six-goal differential in two games over Mercer. How good are these two teams? I know you saw Connecticut in person. Yeah, I was able to see Connecticut in person. And uh, shout out to the Mercer Chiefs for you know, asking me to come out for their opening game and, and see some hockey. I had a great time out there. Took some pictures. will be up on Dan Kasher's social media pages and and really getting to see it in person. And and I saw, you know, first a Mercer team that is just willing to shoot the puck. You know, they are they were blocking pucks. They're getting sticks on the ice. They're blocking with skates. They're a team that's going to be very hard to clear the zone against. They They live at that blue line, that neutral zone. But Connecticut, they hung in with them. Right. Their their netminder did an absolutely incredible job. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But their that team, they had so much resolve, the Connecticut Junior Rangers. They kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. The physicality. The physicality on Connecticut's top line might be second to none right now. Still early, but I was very impressed with the way they laid the body. I'm not surprised they came out of that weekend two and zero. And for the Rockets hockey club, they scored a bunch of goals. Sometimes, sometimes when you got offense, it's that simple, Dan. You put a bunch of goals in the back of the net. You can see a Rockets goal that was clipped and put up on the league social media pages. Uh, give you an example of really how good that team is. Yeah, and a Rockets goal clip that was clipped and put up there, right, Lucas? And, and that was what it was all about. And you, you look at these two defensemen on Connecticut, Carl Johan Sally and Andrew Bellhumer. I'll tell you what, they have five points combined for these two defensemen. They're getting involved from the blue line. Max Jaldum, immediately you can kind of see that that addition of that aviator flair that comes over when Coach Stanaway takes over the premiere in Connecticut. That's an interesting addition. Jack Hauser and Antoine Torigny with five points apiece. 
for Connecticut. And this Rocket side, Lucas, I think it's a team uh, Coach Kersner has to deal with a lot, right? And like you look at what Coach Kersner gets done amongst it all, and it just you you love Jared, we love Jason. The Kersners are what it's all about up there in Bridgewater, and 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 you know Jonas Dobnig. Cam Bergman back yet again. They had five points combined between the two of them. Paul DeZero, he came in with a game-winning goal there and a victory over the Jersey Hitmen. This is a team that's going to be tough to deal with. Sam Blanton back there, Aiden Ryan. You got to love it. This team, a little more strength from the blue line as the year comes on, and, and they're going to be a tough team to deal with for anybody in the country. I love Coach Kersner's side right now. Chase Hale, how about a 2-0 weekend, a 1.50 goals against and a 9.62 saves percentage. Chase Hale chasing pucks away from his net. He also put up a shutout at the beginning of the year here. This is a difficult team to deal with. Let's keep going down the schedule here. We talked Rockets. We talked all those guys. Let's go back out west, and let's talk Ogden Mustangs, Idaho Falls Spud Kings, Rock Springs Grizzlies, Provo Predators. All four played. They bounced around with one another. Provo gets the best of Ogden and OT. Ogden gets the best of Idaho Falls in a 3-2 barn burner down the stretch. Idaho Falls gets the best of Rock Springs 5-1 on opening night in Rock Springs. What an interesting look out west with kind of this mix and match of opponents in week one. Who do you think in that in that quad box right there as we just got off red zone Sunday? What do you think in that quad box? Who was the team that looked the best to you out of those four? I really like the way Provo looked. I mean, I, I called that Provo game, right? When we talked about some predictions last week, I said that that Provo was going to be a, a team that came away with a win this weekend. They came away with a two-to-one victory, right? And and I was really impressed by the way they play those games. I think you can learn a lot more from a low-scoring game than you can from a high-scoring game, personally, yep. right? Because you look at a way that a team sticks to their systems. You look at ways that teams adapt. The most important thing for me that I like to see is the play between the blue lines, the neutral zone. I know I sound like a broken record sometimes, but that is where these games are won and lost. I think Provo did a good job of keeping the puck in transition. I think they did a good job in the neutral zone. This Provo team, I I, I kind of saw a little something, went out on a limb for them. They got a win. They might be a team to watch out for. Yeah, Polston with a huge start, a 9.73 save percentage in the first one of the season. Emmanuel and Kambu. A, a name that we remember from last year that we loved. And this is a guy who is absolutely ginormous on the ice, difficult to deal with in front of net. Love to see him make the jump up. Yeah, and then you look at the other side, you look at Ogden, Lucas. How about Daniel Ellingson, former Squatch? You got to squatch out for this young man when he's out there. He had a two-point weekend with a power play goal. And then the leading point getter for Ogden this weekend. Guess what? You've been Peyton Struck. Come on, we got a little ACDC reference right there, right up the alley of all these guys, right? All the all these guys obviously know a lot about ACDC yes. in the in the junior hockey realm. There's no way that I've aged myself out with a Peyton Struck reference. No, the ACDC had an album in the last 10 years. hundred percent. It, it was okay, but the, it was there. Vladislav Bursgalov in net had an OT loss, but a 39 save performance. Cameron Hollins, 26 of 28 stopped, 929 goals against uh, saves percentage. 929 goals against would not be good. Oh, no. <laughs> 929 saves percentage. And this young man got the first one of this season for Ogden. Idaho Falls a good weekend as well. You see George Goodwin back with that side. He is solid. It's going to be a tough race out west. It's going to be a tough race in the Atlantic. And it's going to be a tough race back in the New England where we go now. The Boston Junior Bruins back-to-back overtime wins 
for the squad in Marlboro. Tough, hard-fought weekend to get those Ws for the Junior Bruins. Yeah, that uh, that coaching staff might need a spa day after opening weekend. I don't know if I want to be. I don't even know if I want to be in the building for those two games after that. But what a what an impressive performance from them! Just staying involved, right? Staying, really finding a way to to keep those games close, keeping those systems going. It is so hard, especially in opening weekend, Dan, to just consistently play a full game on the razor's edge like that they were able to come away with two wins you love to see them start the season that way we already talked about south shore's dominating performance but you know i I think the biggest thing that kind of stands out for me is is how close those junior bruins games were you know you love to see that especially this early and we're going to get the full picture after the uh after the bjb shootout this weekend and Lucas, a big name on the blue line, making the move up to the Boston Junior Bruins. You love the cradle to college mantra here in the NCDC and the USPHL brand. Philip Kuba, right defenseman, had two starts for the Boston Junior Bruins this, this past weekend. He was involved. Shane Baker, the goal maker, four points for him, three goals, one assist. Coleman Jenkins still grilling him. And where's Waldo? Well, he's on the Boston Junior Bruins roster. Jack Waldo had one assist in one game played over the weekend. A double or two overtimes back to back win. You do not see that much right now. We bounce around the standings before we jump to the ultimate team cards on top of the Atlantic Division, a two way tie at two and oh between the Connecticut Junior Rangers and Rockets Hockey Club, followed closely behind by the PAL Junior Islanders with three points, Wilkes Bear with two of their own, and the Hitmen and Mercer, an 0 and 2 start to the season out in the Atlantic. In the Mountain, Pueblo, 2-0, four-point start for them, a plus-seven goal differential. The Ogden Mustangs with a three-point weekend, one OT loss and one win in regulation. Provo, a perfect 1-0 to start the year, two points for them. The Idaho Falls Potato Kings, two points, one win, one regulation loss. The Rock Springs Grizzlies start 0-1, and Utah drops two on the road to Pueblo to kick things off this year. In the New England, South Shore Kings and Junior Bruins reign supreme on top, both 2-0. The Islanders Hockey Club, despite going 0-2 in the weekend, two points out of it with two overtime losses. And the Northern Cyclones at 0-2, both Utica and Twin City, yet to get out of the gates. They will this weekend at the Boston Junior Bruins Shootout. The Junior Bruins Shootout, Dan Kay and Lucas Jones will be on the call Saturday night at 6.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Flow Hockey as the Northern Cyclones take on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Knights. I'll be on the call, Lucas as well, and we'll be back in just a moment with the drop of this week's NCDC Ultimate Team. This ad spot could be for you. Promote your team, organization, business, product, or cause with The Dan K Show. Contact us, www.dankshow.com. Use that contact page or reach out to us on socials at the underscore Dan K Show. We'll match you with a sponsorship plan that best fits your needs. Welcome back, hockey fans. You know, one of the one of the biggest developments, I would say, in the Dan K show's history is Dan K getting really good at Canva. It has unlocked some creativity in ways that we've both asked him for and haven't asked him for. You'll see the ultimate team card drop now, which we did ask him to do, but then he had a little fun with some of the players. Dan, these ultimate team cards are kind of your baby. Why don't you take us through them? Yeah, so for the folks at home, The NCDC, the Premier of the Elite, all these levels of the game, every league around the country has its Players of the Week, its Players of the Month. And, you know, those are voted on by coaches, put together by the coaches. But as the Dan K Show, as a a group in charge of promoting your players and getting them seen by scouts everywhere, and also a group in charge of making your experience in junior hockey fun, 
we wanted to find a great way to immortalize the wonderful performances week in and week out from our great players around hashtag NCDC Nation. And I'll tell you what, these Ultimate Team card drops, if anybody plays EA Sports video games, you'll see Ultimate Teams all over. Your kids are probably asking you for real money to buy fake players. Don't do that. You can get this Ultimate Team content for free. Each week, you'll see players drop with our premier performances are absolutely incredible of the best of the best from around the NCDC. You can ask for us to make an Ultimate Team card for a player you think lived up to the hype and had an ultimate performance by reaching out to us at the underscore Dan K show, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere in between, TikTok as well. Lucas, without further ado, this week's ultimate team members. First, the goal maker, Shane Baker, wearing a pretty cool chef's hat on this week's uh, this show. I, I don't know when <laughs> someone took a picture of him in that chef's hat, but it looks great. Uh, Salvatore Serrato, the defenseman, we call him the good fella. From, uh, from St. Louis, Missouri, originally playing in Foxborough for the South Shore Kings. This young man has been lights out. We've also got Wilmer Brunden. And I'll tell you what, Fred Flintstone will be saying, Wilmer, if he was trying to score against this young man, a 2-0 weekend for Wilmer Brunden to kick things off. Finally, Lucas, we've got a PAL Junior Islanders Deneen Cup winning card to to memorialize, to immortalize the incredible performance last season of PAL as they kick things off and look to repeat yet again. Finally, our last card from the Pueblo Bulls, we've got two skaters who were absolutely lights out in the opening weekend. It's the double H's, right? It's your two leading point getters for your Pueblo Bulls. And it's Hanson and Hinzi. These two both with four-point weekends to kick things off. That's your ultimate team card drop this week. More cards to come week in and week out. Make sure to participate by going to at the underscore NK show on all social medium. We're going to be back with a little preview of what's to come this weekend in the NCDC and our three picks for next week. Welcome back in NCDC this week powers on and we power our way into a weekend in which all 18 teams nationwide in the NCDC will be on the ice. And Lucas, the Junior Bruins shootout, the first showcase of the year in the NCDC kicks off 1230 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as the Cyclones of Northern take on the Connecticut Junior Rangers. Before we get into this weekend's games and dig through them, Let's get to our picks for the weekend. In week one, we have two games each week. Lucas Jones, a perfect 2-0, winning the game of the week pick, picking Pal, who won 9-2 in game one of the season over Wilkes-Barre, as well as the Spud Kings, who went on the road to Rock Springs to win 5-1, making him 2-0. Dan Kay's pick of the week, 1-1. I won that Pal game in the opener, but the Mercer Chiefs sold on your boy. That's what they did right there. They lost 3-2 to Jim Hankel and the Connecticut Junior Rangers. And it wouldn't be the Dan K show if Jim Hankel didn't win every <laughs> single time I pick against him. I swear, if I pick against Jim Hankel, 
he wins. If I'm I remember one all-star game, I got paired up with Jim Hankel every year. Lucas and I bet on the all-star game of the NCDC with a, a punishment every single year. And every single year for four straight years, Jim Hankel was Lucas Jones's coach and won and cared about that game more than anything. We go down 3-0. The one time I've got Jim Hankel behind my bench. And what does he turn down the bench? Look at me and say, when I say we got to get the boys going, he goes, Hey man, just an all-star game. We're out here having fun. <laughs> what are we talking about? Every time this guy took every all-star game in USPHL history is the biggest thing in the world until he was working for me. That's disappointing. And he disappointed me yet again with a 3-2 win. But great job by Connecticut. A great-looking team this year. Mercer doesn't look bad as well. Lucas, we start. Our game of the week will be the last pick first. Since I'm 1-1, one one, I get to choose a game first. I'm going to go to Rock Springs. I'm going to go where you went. You went to the well in Rock Springs. I think this is a close game. I think Rock Springs has their feet under them going into game two of the season. They're at home yet again. But they're taking on a Utah Outliers team that is not used to being 0-2 and certainly not used to being 0-3. I do not remember a time since Utah has joined the USPHL framework that they have lost three games in a row. Can't remember many where they've lost two in a row. I think that this is a road on the road bounce back. I think it's closer than you think. I think Utah's behind early, but I've got Utah in a close one on the road beating Rock Springs. Interesting. Interesting. Friday night, that's a 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time start. That'll be, that'll be a fun one to watch. That'll be a fun one to watch on Flow. If you're near the Family Recreation Center Ice Arena, definitely go out for that one. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Dan, I'm putting my 2-0 record on the line immediately. Let's see it. I am going for the championship matchup part de. The PAL Junior Islanders, the South Shore Kings. Normally, we talk about these picks ahead of time. I told Dan I'm going to do the same thing I do when I'm at a restaurant. I'm going to pick between two things and panic order as soon as somebody calls on me. In this case, 8.30 p.m., Friday, September 29th, rink one of the New England Sports Center, prime time, prime location. If you are a scout and you are not at the Nessic to watch this game, where else could you possibly be? This might be the best game of that weekend, certainly the best storyline. And I think the only thing better than a championship rematch is when the underdog comes back and takes one for the team. The South Shore Kings. He's picking Tyler Holsky in the South Shore Kings. The South Shore Kings. And, you know, I looked at it and on paper, I think these two teams are incredibly even. I'm not going to come in with the classic broadcaster trope of South Shore wants it more. I am going to say that I do love the South Shore Kings team chemistry this year so far. And PAL, they've got an incredible team as well. This could easily be a coin flip. I'm just hoping it flips in my direction. Very, very gutsy pick, as we say. Very gutsy. Very a gutsy. lot of guts. A lot of moxie, kid. A lot of moxie. Let's go to our game of the week. And our game of the week, folks, the Dan K Show will be on the call for this one. Our first scout cast of the 23-24 season, a 6.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time puck drop in the New England Sports Center. I will be three New England Sports Center pizzas deep at this point, five New England Sports Center's coffees deep. I'll be absolutely shot out of a cannon for this one. Northern Cyclones and Coach Bill Flanagan taking on the Wilkes Wagon of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Knights. 
Lucas, you're two and zero. You've got to pick first here. Who you got? Well, I will say this: we're going to have a very important job, Dan, around I would say probably three p.m. Um, on Saturday. That's going to be uh, one of us has to be on Jim Henkel coffee duty. We have that to make good. sure that Hanks gets his pregame coffee. We will make sure that we figure that out. But in terms of the the six twenty game, I mean. This is another tough one. Another coin flip opportunity here. Both teams, not quite the start they wanted in terms of both games of the opening weekend. But I'm going to go Wilkes-Barre here. I I was at the camp. You know, I, I saw the I saw the composition of the team, the players they have, the dedication of the coaches. Not to say that Northern doesn't have that, because they certainly do. The Flanagans, we have talked about for years and years about being one of the premier hockey families. But I think Wilkes-Barre is going to take this one. I think it is going to be close. I think it's going to be very physical. It's going to be a fun one to watch, and not just because we're on the call. Lucas, who was my favorite player in FIFA growing up because of the way the announcer screamed his name? <laughs> Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry. Well, a man has not made a start yet, but maybe he'll get an opportunity at the Junior Bruins shootout. Thierry Lazat. If you remember that name, there's another man named Xander who's been a defenseman in this league for a long time and had been very successful who's around. You look at the blue line of the Northern Cyclones, Charlie Ross, Colin Van Valkenburg, Charles Antrilli, George Sander Cox, and you look between the pipes and you see none other than your 2004 USPHL premier national champion, Jeffrey Fillion. This is a guy who birthed year of 2004, won it last year in the premier moves up to the NCDC, immediately seeing success, immediately stopping the puck, catches with that left hand. I think Northern wins this one. I think this is a grinded out, hard-hitting game. I think Wilkes-Barre tries to open it up at some point, and that's when Northern strikes. I think this is 2-1, late goal by Northern, scored from the Mm -hmm. blue line, redirected in. We have a history of calling Northern games where the defensemen go off and score. I think two defensemen score on this one for Northern. I think it's a 2-1 victory Cyclones over the Wilkes Wagon. Interesting. Interesting call. I wouldn't be surprised for to see a 3-1 uh, victory in favor of Wilkes because of a, an empty netter at the end. I, I know the Cyclones, they they love to love to get after it a little bit. What does that look for? Yeah, just piggybacking off what I said. Like You yeah. might as well just say what he said. I mean, it, it, it's very, yeah. very thought-provoking from you. Very good but, comment. Uh, you could call it piggybacking off of you, or you could call it a, a conversation. <laughs> One thing builds into the next thing, and you just right. act natural. Whatever you say. Let's act natural <laughs> about the week. Let's look at some of the series coming up. We talked about Northern and Connecticut opening things up at the Junior Bruins shootout. Day one, Rockets versus Bruins. That'll be a battle. Hitman IHC. South Shore Pal, we talked about in prime time. You go out west, you get Utah playing Rock Springs on the road. Ogden heads to Pueblo. That is my mountain series of the week in the NCDC. Ogden and Pueblo, there's there's like a, a vibe to it where you feel like these two teams have been fighting to get out of the other shadow half the time. They're always trying to shine above the other. Kenny Orlando versus Will Height. You're talking Toons versus the squad up. This is a battle royale between these two sides. I'm ecstatic to see it. I mean, what do you expect out of a series like this in, in Pueblo? I expect fireworks. I expect offense. I expect putting on a putting on a highlight reel, right? I mean, we know these teams love to hit, but so far this season, what we've seen out of these two squads is a, a little bit of a flair for the dramatic, right? Some breakaways, putting on a little show for the fans. 
the building's going to be insane. That much I know for sure, because those two fan bases are locked in. Yeah, and, and it's going to be a battle royale, Pueblo versus Ogden. You, you could make some moves if you're Pueblo. You come out 2-0 there. You've taken out Ogden, and you've taken out Utah at home. If you can get eight points out of those first four home games, I don't think there's a world where you aren't absolutely elated to find out that you've done that. If you can just take six points, you can find a way to get the six out of those first four games. I think you take that as a victory. I think any points for Pueblo this weekend, and they are feeling like they are on the moon. Idaho Falls versus Provo, we talked about those are two of the teams in that tier there in the NCDC, that mountain division where you're trying to figure out, are they the real deal? And both of these teams feel like the real deal this season. What do you expect out of this matchup, Idaho Falls potato zaddies against the Provo Pret? I mean, I really liked what I saw out of Provo, right? So I, I think this could I think this could be a split. I would I would say it's going to be a split series again. I think Provo has has done a really good job in in making themselves a difficult team to play against, willing to go to the mat. Idaho Falls, obviously, you know, coming out of the gates with some skill, but I would probably say this is going to be a split series, but a fun one to watch. When City starts their week off, their weekend off with the Rockets Hockey Club on Saturday at 3.50 p.m. Eastern, then they play Mercer and Wilkes-Barre, a tough opening schedule for these guys, who then turn around and go to another showcase next week, the Hitman Classic. We'll drop our schedule for the Hitman Classic next Tuesday's show with the NCDC this week. But this is a squad, Lucas, three games, three days to kick things off against three different opponents. How tough is that? Same thing for Utica as well, who Utica, on the other hand, you're going to have, oh, that's Utah. Lucas, I'm trying to do it on the fly. Utica, they've got Connecticut on Saturday the 30th at 3.30, the Rockets Hockey Club, and finally Mercer playing all their old Atlantic foes who they know well before making the move to the New England division. Yeah, I mean, for the for the Twin City Thunder, they're a team that is is always incredibly prepared, right? Dan Hodge may have gotten a new email address and didn't tell me right away, but he's still the same old Hodge baby, right? He's going to put together a physical team. He is going to he's going to knock some heads together. And and I think that he's going to be prepared for these two showcases. Certainly a tough travel schedule, though, to have to go to two showcases for your first six games. So that might provide a little bit of wear and tear for both him and Utica. It's an interesting way to start the season. But I think you, if you talk about splitting in terms of points, not a bad start to the season at all, right? That should be, I think, that is, I think, the minimum goal for these teams. But they all expect excellence. They all expect to pull out a win every time. Yeah, and, and if you look at Sonic the Hodgehog, man, he's going to come ready every time he's out there. And if he goes 3-0 this weekend, I will take full credit for the Dan K bump because I'm bringing him <laughs> gear that I've owned owed him for seven years. I am now finally bringing, sorry, it's five years officially because this is the fifth year of the Twin City existence. I owe him this gear. I owe him many, many, many. There's I, I, I think, now. You have to put more stuff in the box. I Yeah, so I'm, I told him I added in koozies now. I, I might add in a jacket. He's going to have a whole thing coming at him from the Dan K show. We're excited to see it. Let us know on social media at the underscore Dan K show or at NCDCJR hockey, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Reach out and let us know what series you are most looking forward to this weekend. What player we should be watching. What are we missing? What did we not talk about this week? What did you like that we did be a part of the conversation, be a part of the show NCDC this week, Lucas Jones, your parting words for this week's show. Couldn't have said it better myself, ladies and gentlemen. They don't call him the best right-hand man in the biz for nothing. Lucas Jones, I'm Dan Kay. 
when Dan Kay is on the microphone, it's always hockey nitrophone. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate that. Not bad. Didn't it hate that one bit. Wasn't the worst. Thank you for listening to the most watched show in junior hockey, The Dan K Show, presented by the Pueblo Bulls. For more information about The Dan K Show, head to www.dankshow.com.